Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob Papa Dude Bittner and Ray Karawala. Hey guys, this is Ray K. Welcome back to the Facility Dude Podcast. I'm here with Bob uh, Bittner. Uh, Bob, last week we talked about what facility managers need to do to prepare their facilities for winter. This week we've got a guest with us today. We've got Mary Beth Ormiston, right? That's right. We're glad to have Mary Beth with us. She's an expert in the risk management and we're really glad to have her with us. We are a little bit limited today because, uh, and feeling a little lonely because a lot of our coworkers are out in California at Dude Dude West. If you uh, are there and participating, hopefully, hopefully you'll uh, hear this podcast when you get back to your office. But you know, they even have winter in California. So, uh, and, and we're going to uh, talk about how to be prepared for, uh, the winter storms and, and risk management around that. And Mary Beth, we're really glad you're here with us today. If you don't mind, uh, would you just kind of remind our uh, audience your, a little bit about your background and your experience as it relates to risk management uh, and so forth? It's great to be back with you, and I'll gladly do that. I spent a large portion of my career, I was with the YMCA for about 35 years, uh, where I was a CEO, deeply involved in operations and all aspects of what happens in a membership organization. Then I retired from the Y and was director of risk management for the Redwoods Group, where um, I worked with over 400 uh, YMCAs on a yearly basis and our consultants in determining initiatives and uh, building out curriculum to help YMCAs and, and camps and Jewish community centers on how they can be safe in their operations, not only from a facility standpoint, but from their personnel standpoint. Well, we, uh, we certainly value uh, the clientele that we work with, and one of the things that we try to bring them are best practices. And like, like every good employee, employee, uh, employer, uh, we want to make sure that our people go home safely. They've had a good day at work and they go home with their arms and fingers and legs and, and uh, their lives at night. And we don't want people hurt on the job. And so one of the things that we can bring to them is some of the best practices. Last week, uh, we had, uh, we talked about being ready for the winter and the change of season. It's always, uh, falls in the air and it's a good time to talk about that. There's going to be a lot of different activities going on outside now. A lot of leaves coming down. I think people are raking leaves up and getting rid of those and, and, uh, preparing for a lot of part of our country is preparing for winter storms that are going to come up. Last winter was an extremely hard winter from the predictions that I'm hearing. Uh, it's going to be another hard winter, a lot of snow. Uh, we had a lot of uh, people on roofs shoveling snow. And so I thought it would just be appropriate for us to be reminded about good uh, good techniques uh, and good risk management for our employees when they're out there uh, having to deal with a lot of these things, whether it's raking leaves or shoveling snow, uh, whether it's working around uh, uh, hot power, uh, utility lines, if, if a tree comes down and we don't know whether that tree, that line is hot or not, kind of some of the things that we ought to protect our employees from. So if you don't mind, can you just kind of give us a little uh, insight from, from your background of some of the things that are best practices that our facility managers really should be aware of here coming into the new uh, season of year? Uh, absolutely. First thing that I would make note of is that across the country, 
in all of our facilities, the number one cause of loss to our employees is slip trips and falls. Um, after that comes um, uh, comes lifting. So let's just spend a minute and translate that sure. into uh, what that means for, for our customers. We know that when one of our employees gets hurt, whether it be by fault, negligence, or just in that terminology of an accident, we have to replace them. And that causes a strike within our organizations and our businesses because that means that we're down a person. And what tends to happen there is then that we forget those good risk management, those best practices that we need to always keep in the forefront. So in talking about that, as we prepare for a transition of seasons, no matter what part of the country that we're in, we have some type of transition. And so it's important to remember that if we're working from ladders, um, if we're working from scissor lifts, any of those things that are helping us prepare roofs, um, is helping us clean out gutters, that we need to remember um, our best protocols. So if we're talking about ladder safety, if we're out cleaning up leaves, or if we're in another part of the country where we're already by October and November going to be dealing with snow, that we need to make sure that we have enough staff that is supporting our efforts. So in other words, we don't want to be up on those ladders that might be slippery um, from leaves um, and where we're reaching. We need to make sure that we're secured if we need to be by belts. We need to make sure that our ladders are secure, um, that somebody is supporting us. And we need to always review what's our signals. What are the signals? What do we say to that coworker? Um, if the wind is blowing and we're outside or we're up above, how do we do that? One thing I do want to, to bring to the forefront, because many of our properties, many of our organizations, they deal with trees. This is a time of year where we have had, in many parts of the country, we've had lots of rain. And now we could be looking towards snow. We need to make sure that the trees on our property, whether we hire an arborist, which I do suggest that we do, uh, this is a great time before we get into cold weather to make sure our trees are secure. And wherever possible, let's contract out the work that needs to be done so that we don't have limbs and trees that are coming up from the soft ground uh, and that we are appropriately have those contracts in place so that we're not putting our staff in a predicament that they're not trained perhaps um, or not ready. I think that's a great point, Mary Beth, where you know, where a staff may not have the right skills to do something that is not worth the risk to just say to somebody, here's a chainsaw, go out and cut that tree down, it looks dangerous. And because uh, there's a lot of a lot of responsibility there, right? I mean, a person has to be trained by OSHA and certified that they can run a chainsaw. That what happens if they drop that tree and all of a sudden a car drives by and you drop that tree on a car? Uh, if, if a pedestrian comes by and how are you going to protect that somebody, another worker does not get into that fall zone of the tree? So it's a, a great example of, you know, some things are best left to the professional that have the right equipment that can climb trees and have bucket trucks that uh, can uh, provide the right service and have the right training. But is it also the responsibility of the person that's doing the contracting to make sure that they the contractor that comes on site also has so has the right credentials to do that. So there is some liability with the owner of the property to make sure that 
whomever they hire to do it is also performing in a safe way, correct? Oh, absolutely, because that ownership goes both ways. Um, and so we do have to be very careful of that. The other thing that I would suggest, and you just started to hint about it, and that is our training. We need to make sure as we're transitioning that, uh, particularly for countries or country, counties and, and parts of the world that have snow, um, that we know whoever we might have hired, it might be new or maybe we need to revisit. We, we know about our snow blowers. Uh, we know about all the equipment that we're going to be using. We've been trained on it. We're not just sending somebody out, you know, we, we can jokingly say with a, with a chainsaw, but we also want to make sure that we have trained them in terms of snow removal, even with a basic shovel. Um, it's amazing um, how people really don't know how to utilize their back and get hurt because we haven't gone through training on how to remove snow whether it be manually or whether we're using a, a piece of equipment. That's very, very important that certifications um, have been updated. We've taken a look at what needs to happen. We have them on file. It's not only for OSHA, it's about doing what's right for your employees. So revisiting any of uh, aspects in your part of the country that, um, that utilize equipment. Many, many folks right now um, through this fall um, are going going to be dealing with flooding, you know, flash floods. That means sandbagging. That means bringing in um, additional staff, part-time, seasonal, even volunteers. And we need to make sure that we have proper waivers in place that um, even when we're dealing with uh, potentially maybe filling sandbags, you know, how do we lift, how do we throw? That goes even back, um, Bob, to how we take our trash out to our dumpsters. Have we trained folks to um, not to use the overarm swish, as we fondly call it in yeah. the risk management world? You know, we, we think about what we do with our sidewalks, but let's make sure that we've trained our staff and, and that our trash containers and so forth are clear of ice and debris, and we've taught people appropriately that they know the protocols. And that goes right in, are we providing all of our staff with the right equipment and, and protective equipment, whatever that might be. We want to make sure we're sending our men and women out with proper foot attire, with, with boots. We don't ever want to assume and making sure that if we're in the cold country, um, that we have layers on that we're providing, that we that we know how long they have been outside, that we're training them no matter what the elements because we have the same thing with the heat. And there's still parts of the country right now, um, even in this fall time as we're transitioning, they're gonna have pockets of, of heat, making sure that we're doing good hydration and that we're providing the uh, appropriate amount of time for breaks. Mary Beth, uh, talk a little bit about the importance of watching each other. You know, you get out there, every every year we hear of people that have been out shoveling snow and they'll drop dead of a heart attack or, uh, you know, they get frostbite or they, they get heat stroke in, in the summertime. Talk a little bit about taking care of each other and signs that we ought to look for uh, in each other as we're out working. That's so crucial. And thank you for bringing that up. It is about teamwork and it's about understanding and watching each other of knowing signs. For instance, for those that might be out in the heat, 
beginning to see the wobbliness of, of somebody. You can watching somebody's eyes and 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 you know I think it's very simple. So you and I are out uh, working and and maybe it's winter and we've been out for a long time asking questions of each other. You know about how are you doing? Um, can you feel your skin? Are you getting overheated? Are you beginning to feel lightheaded? It's knowing um, that you might be on a, a particular type of, of medication and that might react or to say, you know, I haven't been feeling real well today or this week. And it's, it's about caring. It's, it's about taking care of each other. It's about watching what you do. Are you belting up correctly if you have to go into an elevation? Um, if you have to go underground for some reason, are, are, are we saying, are, are, you, are you okay with this? And these are the signals that we're going to agree upon. These are the hand signals. This means stop. This means, you know, go on. This means we need to understand um, each other so that we're working in tandem. We're taking care of each other. I think a lot of times, uh, particularly us men, we want to be macho. You know, we <laughs> oh, don't want to. Yes. We don't want to let people know that I've reached my limit. I can't do anymore. Uh, the boss is watching. What are they going to expect? And I think we need to be honest with ourselves and with our workmate that, uh, hey, I'm not quite feeling well here. I am feeling a little lightheaded. I, I uh, am feeling uh, anxious about something and uh, not putting ourselves in danger by just saying, oh, I can muscle through this. You know, we often, I often use the example that we don't allow each other to, to help each other very much. Somebody will ask us, do you need help uh, lifting that, carrying that box? And I'll say, no, I can get it by myself. You know, <laughs> you know you're struggling and you're having a hard time with oh, it. Yeah. And uh, as opposed to say, sure, you know, this would make it a lot easier and safer on me because in the long run, what we really want to do is protect people's health and well-being and minimize risk for the organization that we work for and those that are around us. Because my, my inability to do something or react in a certain way or be overly anxious and, and excited about getting something done can cause more problems than what originally was there. You're just so right with that. I see what I see quite often is that the the short things like reaching on a shelf or instead of, of getting a, a small ladder will pull out a chair. Even the best of people The chair will, that's on wheels no less. Oh right? yes, you know. Or we because we're in a hurry. We're in a hurry. So instead of bringing our, our fellow worker with us um, and and checking out and making sure that we're okay, uh, we tend to uh, we want to make sure that we are working in tandem instead of just I'll go do it because I only have five minutes yeah. and it's only going to take me two minutes. So we you're absolutely right about taking care of our fellow person, um, and we need to remember that breaks are important, uh, lunches are important. And in doing so, we're making sure that we're protecting the brand of who we're working with. But most of all, we need to make sure that we're taking care of that fellow person uh, because it's the right thing to do. And we don't want to cause medical and further expenses and more liability and more insurance costs when it's avoidable. You know, we talk in the summertime about hydrating and drinking a lot. Is that just as critical in the wintertime when they're out working and they're sweating and, and getting Absolutely. chills of, of, of water, hydration, 
during that? Absolutely. It's important year round. You know, we know hydration is, um, it doesn't make any difference what the climate is or, or, or how hard we're working. We should always make sure that we're feeding and um, providing liquid to our bodies so that we can sustain the efforts that we need. Um, and we have workers now that are older. You know, the population is getting older. Many of us are working longer and supposedly we're a little wiser. So we have the opportunity for those that we're working with to help look after them. Now that may seem, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, panaceic, but it, that's not, that's what we're here to do. We need to make sure that we get a job done, um, doing it the right way and making sure that um, the people that are doing the jobs are safe in, in how they're doing them. When I've had groups of people that work for me, I've always told them that no emergency was so critical to defy safety. So oftentimes, they'll be under a lot of pressure. We've got to get this facility back open. We've got to get this parking lot clean. We've got to get things back going. But it's never uh, that big of a deal to, divide, to defy good safety principles and practices. We just need to, to remind our listeners that if we're being asked to do something that we don't feel comfortable with, that we don't haven't been fully trained on, that we don't really know where the electrical shutoff is, and we don't really know how to test if I've turned the power off that that's really off, if we can't do that safely, if we haven't been given the proper safety training, the proper equipment, that it's okay to say, no, I'm not qualified to do that. And a lot of times uh, employees will back off and say, okay, I'll do that, knowing good well inside their mind, they're really not comfortable with doing that. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that also because we're hired to do what's right. We're hired for our knowledge and our abilities and we need to be able to say to those people that look to us for that knowledge, you know, we're the knowledge keepers and we need to be able to share with them to say, this isn't what we need to be doing. This is how we need to be doing it. And in most cases, I have found that people that are told that are very appreciative of that because they want, you know, we, we prove our worth. And so it's appropriate sometimes to say, we're not qualified to do this, even though it may seem it might be more costly to go out and get a contractor to do something. In the long run, the to avoid the risk that's associated with it, it could be much, much, much cheaper by having a professional do something that's been well-trained and has the proper equipment, the proper PPE, uh, to go ahead and contract them to do a job as opposed to risking a, a failure on the part of employees if they're not properly trained. It doesn't make them bad people. It makes them, it makes them great employees to say, hey, I'm, I haven't been trained properly to do that. Yeah, and to be able to step back and say, let's look at this uh, a different way. And, and I think that is the key to risk management. I t was taught a long time ago, risk management is really about good common sense. But the other piece of that is communicating that and then being able to problem solve within the realms of best practices and protocols. And I think uh, from, from a facility manager or director, the management level people recognizing that and saying to employees, I appreciate that, as opposed to be turning a negative towards the employee and saying, 
how can we get you that training so the next time you are prepared to do that? Absolutely. Uh, and, and do that. And the good thing about in today's world, Bob, there are trainings available in so many different venues that we may not have had decades ago. Online training is excellent. You know, we no longer always have to send somebody off-site, which employers always thought was a cost that they didn't want to expend. Now we can do training online. Um, now we have uh, trainings close by. The whole training world has changed. The one thing, the one caution I would put out about that is, is that it's probably not okay just to go on YouTube and say, <laughs> let's look at how to cut a tree down and watch some guy drop a tree and say, now I'm qualified to, to cut a tree down, right? That's right. Uh, you know. it's, it's certified training. That's right. We want to make sure it's, it's good value, a good training, and that they're, they're training the right kinds of things. That's right. Saturday Night Live probably doesn't have the right uh, training. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Mary Beth, thank you so much thank for you. being here today and sharing some of this because I think it's just a, a great reminder uh, our, our facility managers know this stuff, but it's just important sometimes to remind them. Absolutely. And, uh, we need to we, do that. We all need to be reminded of this sometimes. And when we're doing something that uh, is not appropriate, it's okay to say, time out. Um, we need to be able to push back. Yeah. So thank you very much thank again you. for being here. And uh, we look forward to having you again back on the show one day. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operation professionals just like you find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a great rest of your week.